0: To remotely, Renee. We are on episode 34. We always knew we'd make it. Listen, I'm here reporting live from Vegas all, post All Star game. I mean, and the stars were out. We had WNBA players. And no, I'm not even talking about the ones playing in the game. I mean, just Other WNBA players pulled up dressed to impress. Shouts to Diamond DeShields, Isabel Harrison, Angel McCautry, Alyssa Thomas. I mean, there was a lot of players. There was more than that. There were NBA players there. Shouts to DeMar DeRozan, Andre Drummond, UConn Husky in the building. There were celebrities, Vanessa Bryant. I mean, it had all the things that a star-studded event should have. So I was really excited to to see that it had the energy, the fan base. WNBA Twitter was in the building. Shouts to WNBA media. Uh, The black WNBA media was there as well. And I love to see it because the culture is shifting. Team Nigeria was there. I'm just saying there was a lot going on. But it felt like one of those star-studded all-star events that we should have. So let's continue to keep that culture going. There's also a lot of talk going about mental health. Liz Cambage you know, had to withdraw from the Olympics. There was an altercation there with her, uh, the, her Opals team and the Nigerian team. And speaking of the Nigerian team, Elizabeth Williams and Neka Gumake got de- denied to play in the Olympics for the team Nigeria. So again, we're gonna talk about a lot. There's a lot going on. So let me bring in my two lit crew. We got my Snookabuka me Madre, Bert Leah Montgomery. What up Snookabooka?
1: Oh, what up bg okay <laughs> then we got i'm in Las vegas enjoying uh enjoying the uh WNBA all-star as well
0: then we got my manager my vp paul garino
2: oh, strange, all right
0: oh wow and <laughs> we got my sister i love my sister family in here come on what up cole my coo hey remotely crew in here too <laughs> Let's get in. So we're going to start talking about just we're going to start out talking about what we just left off with mental health awareness is a big thing. So let me just set the table first. So Liz Cambage got into a physical altercation with a player from team Nigeria in an exhibition game between the Australian national team and the Nigerian national team. While the Opals, which is what the Nigerian team is referred to as, while the Opals was trying to figure out how they were gonna handle the altercation, there was speculation that she might not be allowed to play in the Olympics for Australia. Liz Cambage just went ahead and went off, but she stated that she didn't necessarily wanna be in the bubble of the Olympic Games. So if, people, if you haven't been keeping track in the Olympics, there's been a lot of talk because there's no fans there's no friends allowed we know that it's been highly documented that when the bubbles happened for the nba and the wobble for the WNBA, it was tough on the players you know players battled bouts of depression it, it's been talked about google it if you don't know what i'm talking about but it is a thing the isolation is tough so i want to sound off and hear what are your thoughts on the situation cole get us started uh, I
3: I think it is hard. I mean, as we all know, during a pandemic, it was hard enough just to be with your family in a, um, a situation for an extended period of time, but to actually have, you know, to be alone is worse. So, you know, I guess, you know, even with her having an altercation, maybe it was the Anxiety of this is going to what's going to be happening and I'm going to be by myself. That's a good
0: point. I never thought about that. Like that. You're saying that the anxiety of going to the bubble could have possibly had her on edge. edge. Yeah. I mean, this campaign never ran away from an altercation, but I could see the I could see that raising her anxiety Mm -hmm. for sure.
3: Yeah, so I think this, you know, a lot of times we think that two things can not be connected. Some people withdraw, some people become aggressive, some people drink, some people smoke, you know, I think that everyone handles different situations for mental health in different ways. And we don't know what happened before. It could have been she traveled over there, she's already over there, she sees this is happening, maybe it wasn't a good game, maybe there was other things that was happening, but that could all be a factor in with, you know, mental health and She didn't want to do it. You know, that made me
0: think of something, Cole. So Liz Cambage was one of the first people that I can recollect getting COVID. She talked about she was playing in China and that she thinks she had COVID before it was a known thing. So that's something, you know, that PTSD of she says she got sick, too. She wasn't asymptomatic. She was someone that had a reaction to it. So that is something. She was in the hospital, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, she actually had to go to the hospital for it. What do you think about it, VP?
2: I think we should give Cole an honorary PhD. <laughs> okay,
0: Oh,
1: <Cole. laughs> Wow, she broke that all the way down, goodness.
2: Yeah, I can't really say anything better than that, so.
1: Well, I have a little bit different opinion of- yeah, uh, of. let the, me hear it. Against my daughter or anything, but I, from what I can see, I don't know Liz personally, but from what I've observed from the outside looking in, I think she's a very strong woman. I don't think that uh, there's too much weakness there. I think um, she might try to rely on weakness as an explanation for some of her actions, so I feel that this uh, withdrawal from the, uh, her uh, native uh, Olympian team is just getting ahead of the, getting ahead of the news about the fight. You know, she has Done her own good PR work. And so before that gets all blown out of shape, she comes in and she says this to kind of defer some of the negativity that might be associated with her, maybe putting hands on somebody or something like that.
0: Mom, <laughs> um, put them paws on
3: somebody. I, I'm kind of <laughs> like, I get what mama's saying, but wasn't she the one who was just recently on social media and they were talking about her height and her weight and her size as yes. well.
0: So she was so getting- Col- exact- Hold on, Cole, let me set it up. So Cole is referring to Kurt Miller is the head coach of the Connecticut Sun. He he made a reference to her size as to why she shouldn't be getting fouls called. And she was very offended by, by it. Went to social media to voice her displeasure and voice how she's, she doesn't like that type of talk that's what kind of Cole was referring to that incident.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I get, we're all, you know, and I think that sometimes that is a part of our mental health too. We are all, as far as, especially black women supposed to be strong black women. And we're supposed to be able to take a lot. Like we're supposed to be able to take more. I would say than any other ethnicity of woman, the black woman is supposed to be the one who should take more. And that's not fair it's just, it's just not a fair assumption that just because we're strong black women that we should be able to handle or turn the other cheek or you know be able to take more than anyone else and that's just not that's just not true
0: now well, you know, snook afraid- is playing but, but the, the devil's advocate role that snook is playing right now is interesting because there will be people that say well you were already probably about to get kicked out anyway so there is that
1: Thought that we know it definitely is yeah and and the reason i say she's a strong black woman because when the incident happened with the connecticut sun coach a lot of people would have kind of withdrawn coal, not said much about it and sulked and really had some mental health issues behind that statement and and dealing with it. Uh, Liz didn't, she came right out and said she didn't like it. She voiced her opinion, talked about it. So that's why I assume that she's a strong black woman because she didn't didn't back down from it and and told her side of the story. So as I said, even though I understand what you're saying, Nicole. Even you know, though, you know, she might have some things that in, in the in the uh, in
3: yeah. But she don't know what process she got to before that because you know, like we said, social media is a, is a it is a um a killer of confidence. So we don't know what process it got to before she actually supplied. She could have cried. She could have talked to her mom. You know, we, even with us, we break down amongst ourselves, but we put the strong face on and we say, what we got to say when it comes to the public, we don't know what process she got to get to that point. And, and everybody can be strong behind a keyboard. Anybody can be strong. Behind I
0: love this. I love this discussion. And you know so what, for a remote game I show?
1: Said- again, I still think that Liz is a strong woman and some people, uh, this is a blessing to them to have their name in the news and to have different things being said about them. So, you know, I think Liz has played it up to the best of, you know, for her, for her personal. No argument, no argument there. (laughs)
0: Okay, so I love this discussion. I love where it's going. Okay, so speaking of this mental health talk, I want to call my sister. She's Dr. I should. Oh, she's recently married. I almost said Dr. Montgomery, but my bad, sis. She's recently married. She's a newlywed. Dr. Short. So I'm going to call my sister Neshea because now even with her job, she's a pharmacist, but at Kroger now, they're having to have them do mental health evaluations to make sure their employees are mentally where they need to be. Of course, you know, if you have a pharmacist and you're dealing with prescriptions and drugs, you want to make sure the people that are handling those things are fit themselves. So I'm going to call my sister and just see her thoughts on... Mental health and the different ways it looks. Why? Well, after I call her for a game show, of course.
4: Yeah.
0: Hello, is this Dr. Nashe Short?
4: Yes, and I'm mad because
0: they wouldn't let me take my drink to the pool today. Oh my <laughs> gosh, well. Dr. Short, you are live right now on Remotely, Renee. We have a segment we like to call Remote Game Show where I ask you five questions. If you don't know the answer to the question, you can say pass and I'll come back to it. You get a minute and a half on the clock, VP, you'll have the clock start. Are you ready? Ready. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, VP, start the clock. What language has the most words?
4: Yeah, English.
0: Groups of lions are known as what? Pride. Correct. What starts first in chest? White or black? White. Correct. What was the first state?
4: The first state, period. Period. Columbia. Uh, Ohio.
0: Incorrect. Delaware. Last question. What How long does it take to hard boil an egg? Ten minutes. (laughs) Incorrect. Seven minutes, how many did she get? (laughs) You got three out of five. You got three out of five, sister, I am mad at it. I like the enthusiasm when you got it wrong though. (laughs) Well, your daddy does. Okay, I know your daddy eats hard boiled eggs, so you never made Diddy a dad on hard boiled eggs, Shay. I never did. My husband eats them too. I never make kids either. Oh my goodness, so well, Shay, I wanted to ask you something though, because as you, as we talked about, Kroger is now making you guys have to do he- mental health evaluations. So we've been talking about how mental health can look a lot of different ways. One day it could look like a clap back. The next day it could look like you crying because of something going on. So just tell me about like some of the things that they're talking to you all about when training and looking for mental health um, evaluations.
4: Well, you know, because we're a pharmacy, so we kind of have an inkling on people who do have mental health issues because we dispense their medication. So based on certain medication profiles and things that people are experiencing, we will ask you a series of questions to try to figure out if maybe your mental health needs an extra step, you need more help with your mental health. So like you said, it comes in all shapes and sizes. And the hardest ones to, to spot are the people, because people hide it. So it's very hard to, to spot it. You might ask them questions and they might not tell you the truth because they don't want anyone to know that they're having these issues. So it's just a, trying to make people feel comfortable because most people trust their pharmacists. They trust them more than they tr- trust their actual doctors. Maybe if we're a person that's in the community that they're more comfortable with, that they see, you know, two, three times a week, sometimes, you know, that they'll come and open up more to us. So it's it's basically the same type of questioning that you'll have at the physician, but maybe because I'm a different type of doctor or someone you're more comfortable with and trust that they'll be more comfortable to open up to me.
0: Okay, sister, that's what I'm talking about, Dr. Montgomery. I just love when my sister talks all sophisticated and stuff because we doctors over here. But it's true, though, the more people trust you, the more they're open up. But mental health looks a lot of different ways. Thank you, Shay, for joining us on Remotely Renee. You don't win anything for joining the remote game show, but we love that you play with enthusiasm. I tried. (laughs) Love you, sis. So you don't win anything for winning a remote game show, but I do want to talk about mental health. And when we talk about mental health, I think about like one of my players for the Atlanta dream, Atlanta, uh, Elizabeth Williams, who she didn't have the opportunity to play for team Nigeria. Neka Gumake was also denied by FIBA to play in this year's Olympics, because I don't know the backstory of it, but when you just think about, we've talked about it before, just how much athletes put into the sport, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the Olympics only come every four years. So when you're denied that type of opportunity, it's not just like an, oh, well thing. That's a big blow.
2: Yeah. So I believe they did not because they've been in the U S system, but I don't think they, they both never competed in the U S for the Olympics, but I found some examples. I already knew right off the top of my head, Sydney LaRue, the soccer player. That's very famous. She's born in Canada and played for the Canada uh, U when she was U 19. And then switch over to USA because I, I believe the rule is you could switch over once but you can't ever do it again. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, and then so I did some more research and I found a WNBA player that represented the USA and Russia. Do you guys want to guess who it could be? Sue Bird. Sue Bird. No.
0: Diana Sorasi. Oh, what do you mean? On a no. national? Well, I know they have passports. Are we talking about
2: players no, that have passports? Rep- no, 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 no. They represented... Both countries, two like two separate times in competitions.
0: Oh, actually, in the competition. That's what I'm saying.
2: Okay. Like so, Sydney Sydney Larue played for Team Canada. She was born in Canada, but then she switched to the U.S. Um, but you only get one. You only get time one time, time to, switch. to
0: switch. Okay, so who was so you're saying that a player actually uh, yes. played for a national team of Team USA and actually played for a national team of Team Russia?
2: Russia.
0: Yeah. Oh wait, wait! I know who this is. Epiphany it's Prince. What? Epiphany Prince.
2: Nope. Well, I mean, I only have this one I'll just tell you. It's Becky, it's It's Becky Hammond.
0: Hammond. Hammond.
2: She she represented the US in the in the Jones Cup in two in And she represented Russia because she played there. She must have got citizenship in in Beijing in 08 08 and won the bronze. Wow. So that's pretty uh, Is Becky.
0: Well, is her full name Rebecca Hammond or is it just Becky? Uh, Rebecca, yeah. Okay, Snook with the full government. Well she said Rebecca Hammond, okay.
2: My bad. So so yeah, that's why I, that's why I think in the same thing. Like if you didn't uh, represent USA on this on the highest stage, why wouldn't you be able to switch in? That's the whole point. Like that's the whole point.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Like if, she, if they that. played
2: if they if they played on the Olympics already for USA, then that's cool that they denied them. But if they didn't then that didn't make sense.
0: I'm really yeah. curious to hear the
2: but
1: details.
0: But they just they just appealed it,
2: so we'll know by next week, probably. They appealed it.
1: Would you but say that's why I had to bring up point guard first? Because I kind of remember when that was going on. I knew it was a point guard. I just
2: had to. I mean, yeah, roll. and she's not. I don't. I don't know if she's Russian descent or not, but yeah.
1: Interesting. So,
3: so let me ask y'all. Y'all have even heard this? Um, so, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I may be completely wrong. I thought I heard something about Naomi Osaka not play for USA, but then play for Japan. So, would that be the same thing? Because I don't know if she's ever played, like –
2: Yeah, she is I mean, it's kind of, I think it's kind of different because, like, individual and, and and she hasn't played in the – She hasn't played yeah, there It's different because you are in the system with the teams. Oh, okay.
4: Because yeah.
0: okay. okay. it's, it's okay. also different. It's interesting, though, because when you said about um, – Sydney LaRue who played for the U 19 team. Like that's what I was gonna say. Almost every great player, like that is really, really good, they start playing USA yep. basketball young. Yeah. And so um, it's like if that's the case, then nobody would ever switch because you start playing 15 and under USA B, 16 yeah. and under, all the way up until when you're in the Olympic pool. So those were definitely
2: really- been and there's definitely been a lot of men's players that do it because they play overseas and they get the citizenship. Like I know guys that they, you could do that because played there so long and yeah. they're not, not going to make they're not they obviously have no shit chance to make the usa team so why not play for another country
3: yeah and that's what i'm gonna say so i i'm very curious as to find out because you're right they could, if you know you're not going to make the usa team but you want to play for another country where you know you're definitely going to make it over there they let them do it all the time there's no question so is it because they are the players that they are because they are elites no, because it, that's another be question is it now. that they don't want to so, let
0: yeah, he said it might more so be a women's rather than men's because they look the do whatever they, they want.
2: They better not you know,
0: say it. They better not say it out loud. They better come up with a good. Like that makeup.
2: With, that's what I'm saying because I see it all the time in the men's. That's so why I wanted to
3: find women. Yeah. Exactly. They better have a good makeup for that because that's terrible to say. Oh, it's because it's the women's. That's
1: yeah, well, not maybe, because, Well, maybe because with Renee being involved in sports from such a young age, and me being, you know, following a lot of stuff. From The kind of things I remember reading is that a lot of countries, you go over there or and, and you're good or whatever, they're going to entice you. They're going to try to get you to change over and become citizenships and get that passport so you can play for them. I, you know, And look, awful, the players awful. are seeking
0: out passports too, though, because when you play overseas, if you have a passport and you don't count as an American on your team, that means that they can go out and get another American and now basically have two Americans for, for, and, and one that's actually like, you know, playing under a USA citizenship. So there's so many different things going on and in, in the sports world, there's so many different layers, you know, and then you see but, the rules that just are don't change. Yeah. But it, at that point, even if
3: they're going to entice them, that's not up to the, that's not to the association who's saying no. They can't say no because it's a good play, and they're afraid they're going to lose the player. They have to have a technical reason as to why that is not allowed. I mean, I understand because we don't want them to leave. Of course we don't want them to leave. They're great players. They're awesome. But at the same time, you can't say, oh, because we know that if they play over here, they're not coming back. You can't do that. So it has to be something more technical as to the reasoning why. The
2: the 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 next one was because. I think she's been in the system for like 10 plus years. I don't know how long uh, Elizabeth's been in the system for us.
1: Well, and the other thing is, uh, I believe
2: I I might be wrong,
1: but I believe in foreign countries, there's money associated with that. We're here. Oh yeah,
0: they'll pay you to play out there. yeah, look, I was talking to some of my Russian teammates, and if you, like, place in the Olympics, they'll pay for a house oh. for you and pay your whole thing. You get paid a certain amount of money every year. You become, yeah. like, a legend in the country. So it's That's just so different. Call an endorsement. Yeah. an endorsement. Yeah. Because it's yeah. the same thing as if we get the Olympics and somebody goes to the Olympics over here, we give them money, too. We may not give them
1: yeah, money.
0: Yeah, but it's different because the country yeah. actually plays yeah, the themselves. So.
2: You're like a god to them. Like, yeah, like the, the United boxing? States of
0: America is not paying our Olympians yeah. that type of money. We actually yeah. don't even get as far on, if if we're going to talk about it, the Olympic team for USA, we win $10,000 if we win gold. That's what people get for just even making the Olympics in, in, in other countries. It's not even close. Some,
2: it's some... potato,
3: potato, because then we are allowing our people to get endorsement <laughs> deals that are millions and millions of dollars. So but I mean- women- don't get that Nicole. Okay, That's but we're saying is, See that? Then there goes the problem. Then there, there lies the yeah. problem. So don't deny the women because what's happening is, like you said, women are getting these endorsement deals. But we're okay with the men getting them, and we're okay with the men playing on Olympics on both sides. But we don't want the women to go to another country where the country will find the value in the woman, pay them what they probably should be paid over here, whether it's endorsement money or not.
0: We can't. We can't say it's so We can't juggle it one way or the, we have to make it even that's all I'm I see saying your point I see your point and speaking of women and different things and juggling a lot of projects okay so rookies Justin Field who is a quarterback and Cal Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons which is a tight end both of them plan on saving their NFL paychecks and living off of their endorsement it's not the first time that I've heard of this but VP break this down for us
2: yeah, for sure. So both of them got you know huge deals: thirty-two million, uh, Kyle Pitts, and eighteen million uh, for Justin Fields, um, including a eleven million dollars signing bonus. So he got wow. basically twenty, uh, basically the same thing, thirty around $32 mil. Um, and they both have crazy deals. Already, Pitts has Jordan Brand, raisin canes, panini, and Fields has uh, Bose, Chipotle and wonderful pistachios. So wow. the other thing is, like, you know, obviously, like you just said, you always hear about all this. But I think like a lot of people don't know, like they they were only getting 17 paychecks per week. So that's why like a lot of players like just think they're going to get get that all year and just keep on spending and spending. So the NFL, yeah, just, changed so- it. The NFL just changed it to 36 weeks. So I think now players are going to be more respect- receptive of watching their money.
0: Yeah, so imagine getting 17 paychecks a year. You have to make sure you're budgeting correctly. You have to make sure you're doing everything, like paying for it first so that you don't run out of money. But that's not realistic to think of young players finally coming into millions and millions of dollars. And then not everybody's making millions of dollars either. And then it just all of a sudden kind of disappears. Well,
1: it's just like in the real world, you know, in education, For a long time, because education is usually a nine-month job that you would get paid for nine months, and then during the summer, you had no checks, and so they became smart, and it was difficult. A lot of people struggled because, you know, when you're living on that nine months, you usually use all of that check, and so in the summer, either you have to work or you have to go on welfare (laughs) because you have no money, so uh, education became smart, and so they stretched it out to where you had the option of the nine-month or the 12-month paycheck, so that you would mm-hmm. spread it out instead of the nine months, spread it out to 12, so you would have a way of living for all 12, uh, 12 uh, months. Now, with them doing 36 weeks, it's still short of 52, which is, that's how many months are in a year, so there's still a little bit of wiggle room there as far as them budgeting other money.
3: Um,
1: I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm going to be the bad person in the room right now We're not talking about education money, okay? I can understand that people need to stretch through the summer. We're talking about these people are getting 30 plus million dollars. I don't care if that's over three years, two years, four years. This is ridiculous. I mean, come on now. I mean, really, honestly, I love the fact that they are being smart and they're just living off of their endorsement, money, which is a very, 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 very smart. That's what you should be doing. But again, I want to feel sorry for those who are spending $10 million in one 17 weeks. I'm seven, I mean, I want to feel sorry for them within 17 checks. I'm sorry, 17 checks or however, however that comes out. I want to feel sorry for them but I don't. $10 million <laughs> spent on 17 checks is absolutely ludicrous. And I don't care if you've never had money or had money all your life. It should, I, it's almost like Brewster's millions. How can you spend that much money? If anyone, <laughs> it's an old Richard Fire movie where he got an unlimited amount of money. He had to spend every single dime. How do you spend that much money that fast? So I think it's great. I think that they are role models for whoever else is now broke after their 17 checks. But I really just don't, I don't, I don't feel sorry for someone who spent 10, 11 so, million dollars.
2: So yeah, so I broke it, I broke it down real quick. Uh, so Thank seven, you, Kyle, Kyle Pitts is, uh, again, 8.5 million this year. So for 17 weeks, he'd be uh, $485, I mean, $485,000 per per week. No, since,
0: since. Oh my gosh! So, the, 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 like
2: after, but after taxes, so begin like half that. Yeah, they will like, take oh,
0: half. Oh, okay. they will take half in taxes.
2: Two hundred
0: forty-five <laughs> thousand. You try to tell
3: me seventeen checks of two hundred forty-five thousand dollars, and you know you have seventeen checks of two hundred forty-five thousand. If they take yeah. but half, mean, yeah, but no, it, wait a minute. But then
2: everyone comes out.
3: But listen, but listen, okay. But you, we want to feel sorry for the, those who do have these checks, but then they got endorsements. So then they're spending, so how are you getting the $245,000 and you're getting your endorsement money and then you're going to cry broke at the end of the year? I can't do it. <laughs> I, don't, I'm sorry, I don't feel sorry for you because no. is just one check. Some of these people have three and four endorsements. So they could be getting three and four checks. There's no reason for you to be broke after a year or looking forward to well, your next year to get your money.
1: Well, I've read a lot of stories and it, it's possible because a lot of times these people put their trust in people they shouldn't. And yeah, sometimes they're spending the money is somebody else that earmarked that money and sucked it up. And by the time they realize it, has
0: gone. That, well, listen, that's a good point because look, look to Snook's <laughs> point, When you're a professional athlete, there's everybody's hand is out for for some money. Your agent's hand is out for money. Your manager's hand is out for money. And if you don't have a good base around you, then your family and your entourage's hands are out for money. So once you start to look at that, and uh, you know, a lot of times that they say that not just with just the the athlete celebrities, but they say some cultures, like they can never excel and they can never build the empire that they should have built. Because while they're trying to build it, everyone's bringing them down because everyone's trying to grab and pull and and come up with them before they even establish themselves. So, you know, we've all seen the entourage of 20 people, everyone living off of the celebrity, you know, it's it's not a secret that that's happened over time. So I have a question, Cole, do you think that you could uh, have 15 grown men living off of you for 245000 and they all want to live like you. That's the problem. That's why the, that's that's where it happens or the lifestyle, go to the club, throw 30K. And We're not see, saying it's. That, a-
3: that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> like, like I'm saying, it doesn't, if you had that type of mentality, an extra seven, 17 checks up uh, is not going to help you. All it's going to do is make you cry poor until the next check, because now where he was getting $245,000 over 17 checks, you're getting half of that or a quarter of that because they're stretching the checks out. Doesn't make you any more rich stretching the checks. It just makes you cry broke until the next check. Oh man, I can't, I can't do anything. Right. I only got this amount of money to work with until my next check. It doesn't actually help the people go any further. They're going. Credit is credit, and people will get credit and extend credit they don't have. So even if you send it to thirty six checks, you still got to pay everybody. You got to pay. Yeah, it's the same. It's like the same it. thing. It's
1: the same thing. That's all I okay said. before before we end it. That's why I think that uh people or sports people should talk with LeBron James because I that think he's it. an excellent role model of how he brought his entourage, but he didn't bring him on stuff in his money down. He brought him on, you know, and they're they're acting like they should have and helping him build his empire. So when a lot of people talk about LeBron James, I have a problem with that because this young man, you know, he's he's done the right thing. You don't read no negative uh, news about him. He's actually helped his community and and still playing sports to a high level. So anybody who wants these young'uns coming up, I don't care what you're playing, football, basketball, whatever, you need, LeBron James she's, needs to have an educational company to show these
2: people how to make it in the real world.
1: Absolutely. I, I love that.
0: What'd you say?
2: i I mean, there's a lot of things like that on youtube and things and yeah no you
0: know what we're gonna actually come back to lebron james and what his company and and things that he's doing a little later but while we're speaking about what to do with the money here's an idea invest in women because we had De- Devero peters for our happening irl cole went one-on-one with her but as we're talking about all this money flowing i wish people would think about throwing a nugget to a production company that's trying to grow Devereaux productions more than 94 feet productions just just two production companies to give you an idea of a little money from these guys that are trying to invest and do different things could go a long way Cole talks to Devereaux all about it check it out
3: happening IRL this week we have Devereaux Peters former WNBA player and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself
5: um hi, hi everybody um like you said Nicole Seda, my name is Everett Peters. Um, I went to University of Notre Dame, um, graduated from there, got to play professionally in the WNBA and overseas for seven years. Um, and then I just recently retired a few years ago. Um and started our life uh trying to figure out how to be an adult (laughs) without basketball. (laughs) A lot of us are still
3: trying to figure that out, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you aren't the only one. So what made you what made you go into basketball? When did your basketball career dream start?
5: Um, so I've played basketball since I was like five years old. Um, it was just something that came natural naturally to me. I was a tomboy as most of our you know, women athlete stories where it came up. Um, and I really just wanted to be around sports. I didn't really care what it was. So I was playing in everything, um, but I was naturally gifted at basketball. Um, so as I got older, it kind of started to hone in towards that. Um, and then I got to high school um, and I wanted to do everything. I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to run track and I wanted to play soccer because I, I was pretty good at soccer. And ironically, my dad was like, you know what? you're going to have to pick one because I don't want you, you know, overexerting yourself and getting injured. And if you know my career, that's laughable. <laughs> um, uh, so he was like, you want to pick one? So I was at the time like 6'1", coming in six foot, coming into high school. So I'm like, no point wasting all this height. So I chose basketball and that's kind of the path that I just took from that point on. It's so funny that you say that because Renee did the same thing
3: she actually ran track she played soccer like I think it was a sophomore junior year and she played basketball and my dad said the same thing you're going to get hurt you need to just do what you're going to do so she did the same thing I mean she always knew basketball was it, but she just wanted to do everything like you said as well so I understand mm-hmm. that whole concept just want to try it all and do it all so I, I do get that so you get through high school you go to University of Notre Dame and then you get through your four years and then you're said, okay fine I'm going to co- continue my career and then you played for the Minnesota Link. Minnesota
5: Link yep mm-hmm. yeah so I actually had five because of course like I said irony I was injured so I got a fifth year <laughs> um so after the fifth year um it was like uh, growing up as a kid it was a dream and then as I kind of got to college and battled with injuries because I tore my ACL twice I kind of went back and forth about whether I wanted to keep playing because um, it's, it's a lot to go through that injury so I went back to back like later the I tore it in I think February of my freshman year okay. and then Grinded it out, went through therapy, got back, and then tore it again in October of my sophomore year. So like right after, as I got back, tore it again, and I had this like reckoning. Like, am I? Do I really want to keep doing this? Like, oh, yeah. is this really what I want to play? Because I'm I'm really about to do this all over again. I just spent all this time, you know, rehabbing and doing this to get back, and now I got to do it again. Um, and so after that. You know, going through college, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot as a, prof- or a college athlete, you know, juggling school and playing and all your workouts and, and academics and everything else. It can be, you know, a bit overwhelming. And so, you know, you just kind of get caught up in the moment and going through. So, you know, by the time I kind of got towards the end of my uh, college career and into my fifth year, um, I was back and forth and whatever I wanted to continue playing. And then um, as I got to, uh, towards the end when I was about to leave started I had a streak where I had some really, really, really good games towards the end of the season going into the tournament and started hearing my you know my name brought up a lot more and talking about being drafted and stuff and so they kind of brought that back for me. Um, mm-hmm because it wasn't something I was fully thinking about. I was focused on like playing and wanting to win a championship in college. And like, that was my goal. So Everybody. I was so focused on that. You know, you get, <laughs> you get caught up. you like, I don't worry about that right now. I'm trying to win right now. Right. So, exactly. Um. So then by the time that, you know, that kind of ended and there was a lot of talk about, you know, me being drafted and certain teams being interested. And I was like, okay, that's, I mean, if that's something that happens then cool and ended up getting invited to the draft and, and kind of went from there so it's definitely a blessing um something that I always wanted to do as a kid and kind of fought through as I got older but it's definitely a major blessing to be able to be have that opportunity to play pro
3: yeah and then so then you played overseas so where did you play overseas at I know man some- I played everywhere <laughs> multiple places yeah so you know yeah. give us a couple of places give us your top place um, you played.
5: uh oh Probably my favorite places that I played. Um, I played in Slovakia, which sounds weird, but like <laughs> I enjoyed like the team there, um, so that like made it a lot better. And then we were an uh, like three hours from Budapest, Hungary, which is like one of my favorite cities ever. Um, so that made it really enjoyable. And then ooh, who else did I? I played in France one year, which was uh, it was. It was good. I really enjoyed it there. Um, but I've literally played every. I played in Italy. I went to Russia. Um, had a very short sentence in South Korea. Played. Um, Hungary, Spain. Yeah, I was all over the place.
3: You, you and Renee have a lot of those places. I know Renee's been as well. She's played as well. So yeah, I'm not sure what Renee's top one was, but that, that Budapest is that's different. So yes. I know it's beautiful <laughs> over there. It's gorgeous over there. So then you say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm kind of going to move away from basketball and then you start your own production company. Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Yeah, so that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I was a film and television major. So um, that's kind of, that's what my degree was in and that's what I enjoy doing. Um, but I didn't really think it would get to that point. Um, I ended up t- tweeting about, um, it started because I was in Seattle, like shooting some content um, that I wanted to do for my YouTube channel and the usual, I'm walking down the street, this guy stops me cause I'm tall, wants to know if I play basketball. We have that whole conversation he says he could beat me one-on-one okay great <laughs> you know the usual the stuff. challenge <laughs> exactly and so I ended up tweeting making a, a twitter thread about why women do not care about playing men one-on-one and it went viral so like not even thinking about it like I just tweeted it because if you know me and know my twitter it's a lot of foolishness so I just tweet craziness and go about my business and so I tweeted it hopped in the shower and was going about my day. And I got out the shower and I checked my phone and my phone is blowing up, like going crazy. And I'm looking, it's all these people responding. And then um, after a couple hours, it just like completely blew up. And then a couple of days later, I actually got um, somebody from the Washington Post reach out to me and wanted to do an op-ed about the Twitter thread. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, ended up doing the op-ed and, about men challenging women to one-on-one and really the premise was just in general like how men have this weird like confidence that regardless of who you are what you do you can beat a woman even if she's at like the top of her game or like right. you know whatever whatever field right so um that comes out and I just get all these responses from women talking about how they um had that experience and like across the fields, i have a cousin um that was a writer for um lucas films and she's written on star star wars and she reached out to me and told me that she tells she would tell men that and they would start quizzing her about star wars and like asking her these questions as if she didn't write (laughs) for like and i'm like that's absurd so i'm like listening to all these women respond and like in the engineering field and literally any field you could think of, these women are like relating to this story of just me telling my truth about basketball. And after that, I was kind of like, man, we're really missing an opportunity here because like, just from me being able to talk about my experience playing basketball, all these women were able to connect and relate to something that happened to me because they understand because they're going through the same lived experience or living a similar experience. And I was like, we're really missing out on an opportunity Cause I we're a lot better now, but at the time we weren't really pushing women's players and telling their stories in the way that we are starting to now. Um, so I was like, we're missing out on that. There's so many women that are so dynamic and especially with WNBA players because we not only have to like graduate from college typically to like play in the league, but we also have to play overseas. Super cultured, super smart. The WNBA typically isn't our main source of income. so all these players have businesses there's just all these ways to connect and like nobody hears about it right. and so I'm like we have to start telling these stories and I'm definitely one of those people that's just like if you don't see it being done well then just do it yourself so right. <laughs> that's kind of how the company was born and how we started like moving forward with that
3: all right so what is the name of your company
5: Um, So it's Devereux Productions, but the platform that I'm building is called More Than 94. Um, Just the idea that you can be, you know, that whole push of more than an athlete. We do more than what we do on the court um, and want to highlight those aspects of of players and, and their journeys
3: okay so you're so with the production company are do you have anything that you're like working on do you have a space where you want people to come and see um you know exactly what you're building or any concept or is it like right now you're in that the working process and you have your twitter and like how can yeah. we find you out there in
5: in this space um, so I have a YouTube channel. It's on more than 94. You can go on YouTube and check out the content we have done. We are kind of in the phase right now where we're building and really trying to raise funding so that we can start really put, making that push to, like, not have to, like, really fight and grind out each project that we do. Um, trying to get a little bit uh, more investment so that we can really start, like, pushing stuff out more. Um, but we are working on a few projects that we're trying to get out within the next couple of months um so like slowly but surely putting some content out but also really trying to push for this funding um right now so that's why it's not a whole lot going on right now just because we're trying to push for that but um we're getting there. <laughs> and
3: so this is what it's all about. It's about interviewing, finding out what you're doing, putting it out there. So there are people who are looking to invest in, in companies like yours that love the idea, love the concept. So we want to be able to follow you. So she, you do have this platform. We're going to go on this. people can go on this platform, support women. Remember that's our whole thing. Women supporting women. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely like to put it out there whenever we can actually promote something that actually Renee is very passionate about being more than an athlete. Everything that you said, I don't know how many times we've been on vacation, um, you know, and we walking around, and I'm the tallest in my family. Spoiler alert: Play is the shortest. Well, not actually, she's the closest shortest. So I, people are like, "You play basketball?" I'm like, "No, she plays basketball." I'm like, "Really?" I bet you I can. <laughs> I don't even know who she is, but they just know because I'm tall. They ask me first, so I had the same. Mm. I understand the same situation. I'm like, no, I don't play basketball, but my sister does, and they look at her. They're like, oh, I can beat her, and it's automatically <laughs> you go know, like, you don't even know who she is. Like, how do you think right. do you beat her? So, I do understand, you know, that whole feeling when you were talking about. I was like, yeah, that's that's every time I go somewhere, and so you know, so with your more than um, more than ninety four. It's more than ninety four, more than ninety four. So we can expect to see you executive producing in the future, correct? We're gonna see your name.
5: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. You're definitely gonna see that name up there. I'm definitely a behind the scenes person. I like I don't hate being on the camera. I don't love it though. And if I can choose. I prefer not to be. So, like, I'm definitely the name you' gonna see rolling on this credit. Tab.
3: There you go. I right, that's I love to see. I go through the crest. I'm like, oh, I know that person. I know that. Right. I love it. I love it. So I can't wait till we can see it. And like she said, you can go more than ninety four. She has a YouTube channel. If you want to have invest in a great company, go ahead, check her out, see what she has coming up. And we don't have anything else today, so we're gonna say thank you for coming on with remotely Renee and. Um,
0: Check us out next time.
5: Thank you for having me. This was fun.
0: Okay, so as you can see, shouts to Devero Peters, man, my former teammate, former WNBA player, doing things. And speaking of production companies, VP, let's talk about it. Spring Hill is selling, and there's some interesting interest, of people buying, wanting to buy. Tell me all about it, VP.
2: Yeah, well, they're not selling just yet. They're exploring the sale. Um, and nike give me together consider- there's
0: the fact check they're exploring <laughs> the cell.
2: exploring because it said they reached a valuation of uh, 75 million dollars and says nike is considering making an offer which is pretty interesting um but i think we're kind of seeing these companies that are not i guess media companies trying to get into media um so that's just like interesting as we know like they have uninterrupted uh the shop and now obviously space Jam.
0: Yeah so this is very interesting to me because I mean Spring Hill as we know a powerhouse that's all that's all you could talk about it the stuff they put out super high quality very high profile you know they had the best of the best of the best when you're dealing with LeBron and your LeBron's company we would expect nothing less but what's interesting to me is Nike wanting to come in and buy you know you can see now just the shift in the cultures, even Bally Sports Southeast that now came in and bought Fox Sports Southeast. That's, you know, a, that's a casino based company that's expanding into the betting and the sports world that now they just want to get in the media as well. So, you know, the landscape is shifting. All things lead to digital media, all things lead to media. It doesn't matter what brand your company is. If you're selling socks, you better be in some type of media basically, is what Let, it let's seems not
2: like. Let's not forget about DraftKings with the Dan Levitar Network.
0: Shouts the DraftKings <laughs> that dropped the big bag. They brought out the Brinks truck, backed it up, went and got another truck, backed it up. Dan Levitar and crew, my goodness, Meadowlark. And you know what? you just talking to a lot of different professionals in the industry. Everyone's talking about Meadowlark, about what they're doing, what they're building, where it's going to. So it's interesting to see just how media is shifting around, guys.
2: We got to get some fake money so you could throw it in there. Ooh, yeah.
0: yeah I mean, listen, I'll take some real money if y'all want to give it to DraftKings. If you want to drop a bag at each one of our locations, my yeah. location, and all of the two lit, Luke Cruz location, we will make it rain right here. Just saying, and I'll pick it up at the end of the show.
1: <laughs> you should invite Floyd Merriweather to your to your studio, and I'm sure he would bring some stacks of cash and throw them up for you just for the publicity.
0: <laughs> Boyd Mayweather, yes, we should. Now, he's one that makes it rain. Speaking of having a lot of money, the big entourage, the glitz and glam, I don't think anyone does it more than boxers. I mean, boxers yes. live this very lavish lifestyle, 24-karat gold toilets. shouts to Mike Tyson. I mean, they live the life. But back to the media, <laughs> it's interesting because imagine the media age when that was a time like imagine if it, it was, was like, like this on social media i mean even now floyd mayweather he flashes and he does his thing but imagine mike tyson at the height of his career muhammad ali at the height of their career when instagram tiktok was the thing twitter oh my gosh and see what
3: i feel like um everybody is becoming a walmart
0: it's now all these
3: companies want to be like a Walmart set up where, yeah, we were known for being, um, a clothing company and we're, you know, a cultural clothing company like Nike, but now we want media. So we want to touch this and we want to touch that. And we want to touch now we want to own a team. So now we want to be part owners and team. So I think that it's going to be like, everybody wants to be Walmart. Everybody wants to touch everything. Everybody wants to touch betting, women's sports, men's sports, clothing, media so it's like a one-stop shop it's like once you can do it you can do all of your own stuff you don't have to go out to this people for media go out to this people to do that you know you could be your own everything conglomerate basically
2: i want to be surprised if walmart gone to media
0: marketing marketing i was going to say speaking speaking of being your own conglomerate we were going to, we talked about LeBron James earlier. Look what he did with Space Jam. He Spring Hill was a part of the production company. He's acting and starring in it. It's a a code for the culture. They had the red carpet and you saw the stars were out there. It mixed the celebs, all of that together. I mean, talk about a one-stop shop like Walmart. LeBron James is his own universe in that aspect, yeah. Yep, yeah, Warner, yeah,
2: Warner Brothers, I, I believe, guess uh, they have the license for um, Space Jam, and you know they made all the deals. There's like five shoe deal, five shoe designs, fifteen apparel deal, deals. They're in Fortnite. They got an Xbox controller. They got the McDonald's Happy Meals, of course. They got the Amazon boxes. Generally, they mac- have Candy roll.
0: Crush. I was minding my they business. Candy
2: Crush. Candy
0: Crush. <laughs> I they saw their,
2: it. They're on. Yep. They got so they got a Kraft Macaroni and Cheese hoodie with like, the, you know, like the crap macarons. <laughs> it looks like, actually, maybe it's a onesie. I don't know, it like a it may, That would make more sense. It has like the little craft macaroni and cheese, like little Bugs Bunnies and stuff like that. I love to show you on there. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like,
3: like I said, they touched everything because Vance is walking around with a Space Jam backpack. Has he even seen Oh, Sam? wow. He's never even seen it. Not yet, I should say. He's about Not to go well, he saw the original one but he hasn't seen a new one and the new the backpack he has is for the new space jam not the old space jam so it don't even have michael jordan on there it has lebron james on there so wow. what i'm saying is that
2: so they're,
3: they're making money even if people haven't seen it. everybody knows who space jam is everybody Listen, knows we were it. in
0: new york for the humanitarian of the T of you. oh shouts to the atlanta dream i mean come on let's oh, talk yeah, about yeah. it shouts yeah. to Atlanta Dream 2020 for standing 10 toes down. You know, a lot of times when you make a bold step like that, you don't really think about getting awards for it. You're more so worried about your job, what's gonna happen to you, is this okay? You know, um, are you doing the right thing? So for all of those fears to not consume the players of the Dream 2020 team, and for them to stand boldly, shouts to the squad for the Humanitarian of the Year Award. I mean, that ESPN award, by the way, very deserving and also the Atlanta dream gave a uh, $100,000 donation to the new Georgia project. So just excited for the direction that everything is going. And I love that the players got to see some positive reinforcement for their actions. So back to your regularly scheduled program. Yes. When we were in New York, I was riding, we were riding in the, um, the bus to the hotel. All of a sudden I see a whole bus wrapped in everything space jam go by like just all over everything. Yeah. And they yeah. have a game
3: too. Because I remember Vance was trying to download a Space Jam game. Oh and I was like, you good. they have a game already? Like, it's already like a little like app. Like, you could download and play as some type of Space Jam thing. Yeah. So uh, what I'm saying is, is that they figured it all out. It's so, yes.
2: everywhere. So, so by <laughs> the way, they did they did deals with over 200 brands for, for Space yes. Jam. And so the first Space Jam, okay. So it brought in an estimated total of 600... Or sixty I mean six billion dollars in revenue, one billion dollars in uh merch, and then uh two hundred and thirty million in the uh, like box offices. So but like with with like corona and everything, like do you guys think it will beat it beat it out or like no? Or in regular times do you think it would have beat it out?
3: I
0: think it would have beat it out
3: in regular time because it's LeBron James. I I personally think that or it would have closely tied. That's my thought process. What do you think, Renee?
0: i'm like i have a different question i wonder how much marketing money was spent for the first space jam as opposed to the second space jam because i'm somebody that thinks about marketing so the more marketing the more money so i would like to know the numbers for marketing first to know i saw some good points
2: though where it was like like 25 years ago like cartoons were, were way more relevant like it's not as
0: huh. okay animation is yeah. not as high as and it was
2: especially like the looney tunes like i don't know like do little kids know who the looney tunes are vance does okay mm-hmm. there you go
0: and how, how old is vance Cole?
3: vance is eight and let okay, me tell you okay. he knows he knows about looney tunes because um they're still on tv they don't look the same <laughs> they don't act the same <laughs> but they're still
0: on tv well, no.
1: The anime, well, they don't have the same subject matter. No,
0: they don't. it's different. It's different. It's oh, different. I used to be an Animaniacs fan anyway, so yeah, that was, was, was my point. But long story short, I just know that this new Space Jam, they have the star power in LeBron James, but boy, did they put the marketing money behind it. You can't turn a corner without seeing something space jam right now so good on them great for them we'd love to see it i'll be going to go see space jam with the fam bam so we'll have to have a space jam review next episode
2: no but paul you can watch it you can watch it on hbo max yeah so but
0: paul but did they did they beat it
2: out we don't know yet it just came out
3: (laughs) Oh, oh! I thought there yeah, was like I we're, thought there already. It up. Okay, I thought there was already some numbers out. I think they'll
2: they'll they will be it but like sometimes they'll say
3: it's already at this amount and it's only yeah. been out yeah, yeah, yeah. this time. Well, I
2: don't know how. Like I don't know how that goes. I don't know how it's going to go with the HBO Max numbers yeah. and all that. So, and like Renee said, they're, first of all, they definitely spent way more money on production, and they definitely spent way more money on marketing. So. Those things like,
0: matter to gonna, me. Yeah, they're gonna have to make matter. like
2: a. They're probably gonna have to make a billion, probably just to like probably recoup
0: <laughs> their money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's interesting. interesting. But with the two hundred brand see,
2: deals, they had to make a lot of money too. So I don't know what. i gonna say
0: are. they made their money back in their brands because <laughs> I mean you got I saw. I saw local like so I you know the way that they did it too they did their big national spots and I'm gonna you know we I'm gonna wrap it here because they're so fascinating obviously clearly we're into marketing we're into sports and space jam and all this culture pop culture stuff but they also did something really smart I saw them on big platforms, but I also saw people like the AEBL in Atlanta. They were doing promotion for Space Jam. I saw Sue Tai, who is a amazing artist. She did a line with Looney Tunes and Space Jam. So we're watching, I always watching, study because I mean, they clearly know how to roll things out. And speaking of rolling things out, my Snookabooka is gonna roll out what happened
1: on All Star with us. Snook, talk about it. Okay. Uh, For Roots this week, since I am out here in Sin City, the City of Lights, Las Vegas, for the WNBA All-Star Game, which was fantastic. I'm gonna show you some things that I uh, was able to witness for this game. And I'm gonna let you in on a big, the biggest surprise of the game for me. Today, Remote Roots is an advertisement. Yes, I said advertisement. It's an advertisement for women's basketball. This advertisement features the WNBA All-Star game that was held in Las Vegas, Nevada on July the 14th. It was a great event and the stadium was full of people and fans excited to see the WNBA All-Stars versus the USA Women's Olympic team. Now the best part of this advertisement is that both teams were comprised of the best of the best of the WNBA. It was a star-studded game, and the stakes were very, very high. The USA team wanted to show their prowess and domination for the competition in the upcoming Olympics in Tokyo. The WNBA All-Stars wanted to show that they could compete at the same high level that the USA Olympic team could. It was a back-and-forth game, and at halftime, we were treated to a three-point competition. The final two contestants in the three-point contest were Allie Quigley and Jonquil Jones. Allie Quigley won for the third straight time. Boy, is she an awesome shooter. It was a tight game and the fans were in it all the way down to the last of the fourth quarter. It went back and forth, back and forth, until finally the WNBA All-Stars pulled ahead. Naturally, I was so, so, so proud of the Atlanta Dream's Courtney Williams. Courtney, Atlanta's number 10, made some great plays down the stretch. And ultimately, the WNBA All-Stars beat the USA Olympic team. It just goes to show you how talented all of the players from both teams were in that game. Arike Ogunbowale was crowned as the most valuable player of the All-Star game. She is a guard for the Dallas Wings and her play was outstanding. Now this isn't the first WNBA All-Star game that I've attended. When Renee graduated from UConn in 2009, she actually played on the USA Olympic team that went against the WNBA All-Stars at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. So, to wrap up my advertisement, I'd like to say or encourage you to watch the WNBA. It is the best women's basketball play in the world. I was also blessed To be able to attend the WNBA All-Star Game in San Antonio, Texas that Renee played in. WNBA games are some of the best live entertainment out there. And I would encourage anyone who has an opportunity to attend one to do it. Just do it. So let's also support the USA women's basketball team as they compete in the Olympics in Tokyo. I know they're going to bring home the gold. The great basketball play at the WNBA All-Star Game was exciting. The three-point shooting contest at halftime was exciting. But the most exciting part of the game was for me, was when I turned and saw my daughter and her husband entering the arena. Now my daughter lives approximately five minutes away from me in St. Albans, West Virginia. And she never mentioned that she was even coming to Las Vegas to the All-Star Game. My girls were always trying to surprise us, and this was one they really got over on us because we did not expect this. I had even called my daughter and talked to her, and she didn't tell me that she was on the way to the airport when I spoke with her. I'm sure you can imagine the look of shock on my face when I turned around and saw her. So there you have it. An awesome, outstanding WNBA All-Star game and me getting pranked at the same event. What more could you ask for?
0: Yes, Snookabooka, we all-star peaking, all-star weekend. I had a blast in Vegas. I love the direction the WNBA is going. I love the direction that Remotely Renee is going. My two-lit crew, that's all for me and my two-lit crew. See y'all next week.